Hey friends, welcome to Living in His Purpose podcast, where we recognize that in God's purpose, He has the perfect spot for you. If you're a Christian woman and you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious by this rat race way of life and you're ready to find simplicity God's way, you're in the right spot. By replacing negative mindsets and habits with God's word, we're going to give Holy Spirit permission to come in and help us walk bravely in this upside down world. These are not easy things to face, sweet friend. You're going to have to put on your big girl pants. So pull them up, grab a drink, and let's get going. Hey, friends. Welcome to 2024. Woohoo! We made it. <laughs> Don't you love it when you wait for God and He shows up for you? When I started this podcast, I told God that I would trust Him that he would give me the words to say when I needed them, that I would be a vessel for him to pour out through. And he has shown up for me every time. So I just want to say, I want to start my year by saying, thank you, Jesus. So why do I start with such a statement on a podcast episode about habits and goals? Because if you don't take Jesus into this process with you, you will not succeed. You have to know your why and your source of power. We need to remember that God does not change. He is immutable. He knows all, he sees all, he is all. And he's been so kind to give us so much guidance and clear instructions in his word. You need to know this before you enter into your goal setting season, whether that's January 1st or June 20th. This probably won't surprise you, but I'm reading this book <laughs> and I've only started it, so I can't speak to the whole thing yet. But just like I was saying earlier, God has been so good to give me words to tell you that might make you take a pause as you consider starting new things. The name of the book is You Are Only Human, How Your Limits Reflect God's Design and Why That's Good News by Kelly M. Kepik. I heard an interview with him and I loved what he had to say that as Christians, we are not very good at recognizing we are finite and God is the only one who is not. Just like the rest of the world, we think we can control every aspect of our lives if we just follow the right formula. And he says in one part of the chapter, what if our problem is not time management? What if we look at our willingness to zone out and see the possibility that we are ignoring a sickness in our souls that really is a sign of a theological and pastoral problem? That's humbling, isn't it? <laughs> the point of what I have read so far is to realize we need to rediscover that being a dependent creature is not a deficiency, but a gift. Back in the Garden of Eden, the great liar started messing with the mindset of Eve and Adam. The enemy, he has indirect tactics that are telling us that we could and should know more. And I would argue at times with some of us, it's a very direct tactic, thinking we should be more. What if the enemy is leading us to believe that our limits as the created are a fault to overcome, rather than a gift to be honored? That is so typical of Satan to twist the gifts God has given us, right? Here in the West, in particular, we have unrealistic expectations of how much we can accomplish in one day. I mean, they've even made laws of physics about it, and we'll get to that at one point. That there's somehow something wrong with valuing rest and slow-growing relationships. What is God's goal here for us? He wants us to become lovers of him, our neighbor, and the rest of creation. We need to stop trying to be everything to everyone all the time. That's God's job. He made us finite on purpose. So the author goes on to talk about how we relate to time. When we focus on the lack of time, it leads us to want immediate and radical improvement in ourselves. 
But we need to understand that our God, who is outside of time, has a purpose for taking his time with situations, people, and the things that we want to pursue. We need to honor it, not belittle it. We need to remember that God is not shocked at our creatureliness. He doesn't apologize for being human, so neither should we. So there, that was part one of the heavy part, but it boils down to this. We are finite, God is not, and that is okay. We are under no obligation to be infinite, but rather in and through our creaturely limits, we are called to love God with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Remember, God must come first in our walk as a Christian. We are God's created creatures, but not like the animals. God breathed life into man. We are very special to him. So I want you to take a pause. I want you to consider what life would be like if you lived in the margins, if you gave God time to accomplish what he has set to accomplish without being overwhelmed with the idea of helping him out. But what I realized as I was preparing for this episode about habits and goals is I don't want to sound like the rest of the world with tips and tricks and hacks on how to accomplish all that you want to accomplish. I want you to take a pause. I want you to consider what life would be like if you lived in the margins, just like I said, if you gave God time to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So I'm going to start here. I'm going to list some theological assertions for you to think about before you decide what goals and habits you want to pursue. I know that sounds really complicated, but what I mean is here are truths you can find in the Bible, how God sees us and how he relates to us. Number one, God is the good creator who designed us as good creatures. Number two, part of the good of being a creature is having limits. Number three, Jesus coming to earth is God's great yes to his creation. He's including our human limitations. Number four, the creator is also our sustainer and redeemer. Number five, we are never asked to relate to God in any other way other than as human creatures. And number six, God's goal for humanity is for us to become lovers of God, neighbor, and the rest of creation. Please don't fall into the worldview that you have to fix everything about you, that you need to be thinner, prettier, younger looking, smarter, have all the best things. Be okay with who God made you to be. Be okay with what God has given you. Yes, there are things we should all improve upon, but you have to stay within the context of the word of God. God does not judge us by our outside. He looks at our heart. Just read 1 Samuel 16, 7. He wants us sanctified or made holy by his truth. We are pressing on to reach that heavenly prize, which we are called to receive through Jesus. Which brings me to my next point. So my pastor doesn't know this, but his message on Sunday gave me a lot of inspiration to say what I'm going to say to you today. He used a passage that I've always loved, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. And as someone who just feels it necessary to do something in my walk with God, so you can see that I am telling you all of this because it's exactly what I need to hear. So these are what the, the verses say. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we, we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, my myself, might be disqualified. I suppose this could be applied to creating habits and goals regarding our health, but I tend to believe it can be applied to our spiritual training. I want to encourage you as you start your new year to ask yourself, what is it that God is asking me to do? 
Maybe it's something you want to do, or maybe it isn't, yet you're still hearing him calling you to do it nonetheless. God wants to give us the tools, the heart, the mindset to do his purpose. He eagerly awaits our joining him in spreading the good news. And this is the ultimate goal of being a Christian, isn't it? So take a minute and think where you can take your walk with God up a notch. Is it attending church more? Is it being intentional in your tithing of money or time or resources? Is it your prayer time? As Christians, we can see this world falling apart. We need to step up our game. We need to start asking for bigger things from God. More bravery, more faith, more encouragement, and more wisdom, just to name a few. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Revelation 12:11. But before I read it, I want to tell you why I love it so much. There are many of us out here that just wish we had this secret recipe for what we should be doing as a Christian. And this verse tells us exactly what we should be doing here while we wait for heaven. And the verse reads, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. They were not afraid to die. We can defeat Satan. Well, actually, Christ already did with his work on the cross. But God has invited us in to join him on the winning side of this great battle between good and evil. How? By sharing our testimony. That's it. We just tell people about Jesus and believe it or not, this has power. <laughs> this is what God is asking us to do. So where are you in that process? Before you think about making goals surrounding the things of this world, where are you sitting with your godly goals? Where is God in your priority list? Because I'm here to encourage you to put him first. Then all these things shall be added to you. And that doesn't mean you're going to lose that last 10 pounds or you're going to become the world's greatest mom. It means something bigger. With God inside you, empowering you, you will lose sight of the things of the world. And so let me end by reading Colossians 3, 1 through 17, where we are reminded as Christians what is now important. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God. 
the Father. Wow. <laughs> I challenge you as you look for habits to pursue to start here. There was quite a list of things that we should be doing. Now for the rest of January, we will be looking at how to build new habits and how to set goals. But I felt that God was reminding us that everything must begin with him. Thanks for listening today. And if you like this episode, would you do me a favor and leave a review so I can do my big girl pant dance? <laughs> I know some, some platforms are only a thumbs up, but that helps others find me too. Follow me and share. I always love making new friends. And I've recently joined YouTube and Pinterest, so you can find me there too. So we're done with the hard thing today. You can change out of your big girl pants now. I love you, friends, and Happy New Year. May God richly bless you this year with peace and love, and may he show you beyond your expectations what he is capable of, because he loves you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here with me, and I'm hoping that you received a word. Let me close with a passage of scripture. Rejoice in your confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. By doing this, sweet friend, you're going to find that you can take those thoughts captive and change that mindset and be anxious for nothing. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time.